going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Army training, sir! And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys, by the fans. That is us. As always, intro and outro music is provided by Oceans Over Airplanes, so check them out over at OceansOverAirplanes.com. Uh, give us a follow or hit us up on Twitter. I am at so says Jay Paul. At Dervis of World. That took you a little bit there. You okay? Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Okay, perfect. Good start to the episode. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, make sure you rate and review. Uh, and uh, we're also available on Stitcher and Google Play. And Paul said like a month ago we'd be on Spotify, but we're not. Deal with it. All right. So this week we have a special treat for everybody. We have a Sir Bill McElroy. I don't know why I just called you Sir, but I did. That was weird. But I'm not he's, complaining. he's joining us. Yeah, there you go. He's joining us on this episode of the pod. You might want to might be wondering why the reason why is well because bill's a golfing buddy of mine and he's been asking me for like two years to come on and finally i I relented 18 months okay that's fair that's fair so bill welcome man thank you for joining us uh we we plugged our twitters oh yeah also at fan the flames nba (laughs) Is the pod's Twitter account. See, we go a couple weeks and we start losing it. It's also late at night. But Bill, I don't know if you're on Twitter even, dude. Are you? I am. You're young. you got to be on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, happy to make it happen. I am on Twitter at Bill underscore McElroy. I don't really tweet though, but feel free to follow (laughs) and see my tweets from four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that just to see that that's 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 exciting stuff just go back and like all of them randomly <laughs> oh that'd be fantastic kind of like how tony like like how tony yeah. randomly likes stuff from like years ago yeah yeah our friend tony we've got a- in the last week randomly started liking some various tweets we had from when we were at summer league maybe last i'm not sure if it was this past summer or the year before <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, it was definitely him. it was definitely a weird psychopath move, but hey, you know what, whatever. That's Maybe you're just so anyway, it's about good times you had summer league. Just looking back with some whimsical feelings kind of thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was fun. I can dig that. It was fun. So, and we might even talk about summer league a little bit in this episode cuz there's not much good stuff to be talking about these days. Uh we're recording here on a th- Thursday night, right after the Suns finished up their game against the Cavs, which resulted in a franchise record 16th loss in a row. And coming off of the All-Star break, I would say that that is not particularly encouraging. Uh, They're at 11 and 48 right now. They've lost 22 of their last 24. Mm. Haven't won a game since well somebody said the date before we started it was the 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 denver game january 12th i want to say yeah january 12th that was right yep yeah and they haven't won a game with booker in the lineup since day after christmas fantastic but on the bright side pod 
podcast of optimism. They've only won two games since then. So, hey, all right. Better than none. It's not that bad. (laughs) So, and like I said, 22 of the last 24 games they've lost. Uh, Yesterday, last night after practice, Booker said that, you know, he was looking forward to a fresh start after the All-Star break. Well, hey, I guess it depends on your definition of fresh. That is true. Trying fresh new way of losing? Fresh new way of losing, yes. That that sounds like one positive way of looking at it, maybe-ish. I feel like, dude, by the way, guys, there's three of us here. We got to figure out a way to not talk over each other. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, well, let's try. <laughs> let's try. Let's try. All right. All right. So we've got a few things. <laughs> Everybody just goes quiet instead. So we have a few things that we're going to go over here tonight. We're not going to rehash the Cavs game. We're not going to rehash any of the games that the Suns have lost in the past two weeks, I think it was, since our last episode. Um, but we are going to talk about a, a, you know, a few different things here. Uh, first of all, I should point out that Bill is actually a Nuggets fan. So he's coming in with a little bit of an outside perspective. So you'll see a little bit of that as we're going through this pod. Uh, we're going to discuss how many more wins we think the Suns are going to have this season. We're going to do our annual, if not maybe twice per season conversation about what the hell's going on with TJ Warren. At least this time, it's not like some weird mystery head injury, at least not that the Suns have allowed to come out, but it's a month-long sprained ankle. Uh, and then, again, like I said, Bill, an outsider, if you will, is uh, going to ask some questions from an outside perspective. What the normal folks, the people who don't listen to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 of the freaking Phoenix Suns podcasts that are out there might be wondering uh, about how people like us would be thinking in terms of the Suns this season. And then we might get into a little bit of the exploding sneaker of Zion Williamson's and the NBA draft. Sound good, guys? Sounds like a plan, Stan. Let's do it. All right, look at that. Nobody talked over each other right there. Beautiful. All right, so first thing, how many more wins this season? I am going to go ahead and say, since Mr. McElroy is the guest, and yes, he is related to Rory in case anybody's wondering, just for the record. Um, Bill, take it away. The floor is yours. How many more wins do you think the Suns will have during this epically painful season sure uh i'd be happy to and for all those listening i do play golf like rory as well um take a lot of money from justin that's actually that's actually true um bill's a stick if those of you out there know what that (laughs) means but i continue to give my money to him i don't know why i guess it could be that you know gambling issue that my friend has right paul Oh yeah, yeah. The that uh, yeah. impulsive nature of your friends, <laughs> yeah, the uh, com- <laughs> compulsive poor financial de- poor financial decisions. Although Bill, since we do like to go on tangents here, I would like to say whose team finished higher in the member member last weekend. I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I'm kidding. You guys, you played well, but. Uh... <laughs> 
You cut out right there, by the way. It just went silent, and I thought you were just kind of crying to yourself. But anyway, okay, let's step back. Let's get off of golf, <laughs> back onto basketball. Bill, how yeah. many more wins will the Suns have this season? So I was taking a look at the schedule, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're actually going to win their next game just because uh, mm. playing Atlanta, a little inconsistent. So I, I think, uh, like Booker said, get off to a, a, a good start, a fresh start. And uh, just they were warming up in Cleveland and will be on track on Saturday. So there's one and then I'm going to say four or five more. There's a few other games that they're playing against teams that will be looking to tank as well. So there, there's an opportunity there to, to play well and hopefully get a couple teams on back-to-backs and uh, can sneak a few in there. So are you going to give us a number? I'm going to, long story short, <laughs> I'm going to stake my claim on five and a half. No, six. Whoa. 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 And we, uh, we Whoa. were the now, podcast of optimism. Holy shit. I'm Bill. in a good mood, boys. You said you were going to come with a hot, you, you said you were coming in with hot takes. I did not expect a take that well, hot. As you, as you said, I'm a wow. Nuggets fan, yeah. so I have a lot of optimism. So I, I'm going to try and feed a little bit to you guys and hope it rubs off on the, the Suns. That's fair. I, I feel like maybe like the only thing that you have in your mind about the Suns right now is that win from a month ago over the Nuggets because, yeah. That's still an explanation I have. I mean, I, I feel like I'm probably the most optimistic person on this podcast. And I mean, when I say that, I mean, between Paul and myself yeah. regularly on podcasts. Well, because I'm naturally and, a and, so. Yes, and we, we all know, Paul. We all know. Um, but I, I think that's, that's – hey, Bill, I'll take it. I'll take somebody saying the Suns are going to win that many games. And um, if they do, fantastic. Will they? Eh, we'll see. But let me ask you this. Now you're going that high. Have you looked uh, and can you point out what games you think they're going to win? Sure. Like if you I, can't. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Like I said, uh, on Saturday, Atlanta. And then we have at home against New York. And, you know, New York is going to be doing all they can. Exactly. The, the non-tryon for Zion sweepstakes. I don't know if anybody huh. said that before. I'm sure they have. But you guys can take credit for it. That's fine with me. Um, done and done. Mm-hmm. Then we have another game against Cleveland at home on April 1st. That's standing out too. And then a home against Chicago. So those are definitely winnable games. And uh, I think they're going to sneak a few in against some teams that, you know how they have the, the penciled in losses sometimes where they're going to rest some starters. So it, I, uh, it's pretty reasonable to think that, that six could be a, an achievable number. I love the optimism. I truly, truly do. All right. Paul, what do you say? I I have three. Ooh. Maybe. And like that that's like optimistic. Cause I don't think they're gonna beat Atlanta. I really don't. Um honestly. I don't think they're going to beat New York. I think New York's going to try to lose and fail. 
And um, I think they might beat Chicago. I think they've got a good shot at that. Possibly Washington. Because with Wall going down and them trading Markeith Morris, like all they really have left is Bradley Beal, which is basically the equivalent of the Suns with having Devin Booker. Um, and I could give them maybe a decent shot at taking Cleveland at home. Granted, they did lose to them by 10 tonight, so that uh, concerns me a little bit. And there's 13. Oh, was it that much? Yes. Um, we have three games left against New Orleans, and if at whatever if New Orleans does end up shutting down Davis for any reason, I think it's possible that we could take one of those. Memphis, I don't too. know. I think Memphis is Memphis is definitely better than us, even if, with losing to Saul. But I mean, it's possible. I just I I don't know. I just feel like the. Uh, the team just it's just gotten in their brains at this point they like expect that that court you know that quarter of death that we always talk about they like expect it now like they are causing it to happen because they're expecting it to happen they're just like oh we're in the second quarter we're just gonna miss all our shots now yeah, and that's that's been I mean that goes back to last season too. It seems like the Suns always have that quarter of doom where it just all goes wrong and then they find themselves trying to catch back up and sometimes they make it close, sometimes they even pull it out. Um but most of the time they do not. Like that Sacramento game um you know back around no, it wasn't Sacramento. What game was that? Um around Christmas time that we were at, Paul. And they come back. Oh no. Bright side night. Yeah. Sacramento game. Yeah. They were down by like 23 at halftime or just after halftime. They came back and won. Um, the Denver game before the new year where they were outscored by 20 points in the first quarter. And then they came back to make a game of it in the fourth. But, you know, when you have a team that young and you have that kind of a blow up quarter, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to recover from. And that probably also maybe says something about the motivation that they're that they're you know having but uh we'll get into that i'm sure a little bit later there so paul you said three right maybe yeah which which three did you did you say well if i had to pick which one specifically i would probably say chicago washington and see here I'll say they'll uh, beat Cleveland when they play them at home. Okay. Okay. It'd be really funny if they beat the Lakers. But then it's always funny uh, if they beat the Lakers. Be, yeah. You, you, you can never get enough beating of the Lakers. That's for sure. That is for sure. So now that you guys have laid out your thoughts, I'll go ahead and I will lay out mine. I'm going to say that they're going to end up with three more wins. That's what I'm going to go with. And I will say that they will beat, I think they'll beat the Knicks. They beat the Knicks pretty handily earlier this season in New York. Uh, And like you guys both pointed out, the Knicks aren't going to want to be winning that game. I don't think the Suns are really... The fans are definitely sitting there just kind of like, okay, it's tank mode, but they're not like in tank mode. They're just losing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think they're trying to lose games. They're not resting guys for no reason, anything like that. And you have to assume at some point TJ is going to come back. And, you know, not notwithstanding the glut of wings that we continue to have, he's still going to make the team, uh, you know, a little bit better. So, you know, I'll say they'll beat New York. I will also say they'll beat Chicago. And I think we might have a consensus on that one. And, um, you know, I'll go, I'll go with, I'll go with, uh, um, I just lost my train of thought, Cleveland as well. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say they're winning four more games. I'm going to say they're going to beat Dallas at the end of the year, last game of the season, if anything, just to bookend the season with two wins over the Dallas Mavericks. So I changed my mind, four. I like it. Well, the more that I'm looking at the schedule, the the three-game homestand starting March 27th, Washington, Memphis, Cleveland, realistically can see two out of three right there. Yeah, because because like Paul said, Washington with with um, Wall out, and they're just kind of sitting there with Beal. Uh, well, and they you know they don't have Kelly Oubre anymore. Of course. They may even start. <laughs> Thank you for that. They may even shut Beal down by that point if they're like you know if they're that far down. They're like, hey, let's get as many losses as possible and try to do something with a pick. I'm assuming they very true. Well, they traded Otto Porter too. Yeah, they yeah they traded Porter. They. Uh, they they traded uh, Gortat. They traded Markeef Morris. I mean, yeah, they're entire. There's one player left from their starting lineup. Nuts. Yeah, and then and then and then to your point about that homestand bill with Memphis, the Suns did beat Memphis earlier this year. Um, so they've got at least one win under the belt against them. And that one was at home, and um, without without Gasol, you know, that definitely changes the team up there a little bit. So. Okay, I'm going to say eight. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, can I go on a, a quick first tangent of the pod? I think after we, even second, though we talked, I think it's technically like it might actually be our fourth. But yeah, the golf you know, one is track. definitely the first okay. tangent. <laughs> well, I'm going back and looking through the results earlier in the year. Obviously, don't follow it as closely as you guys do, but winning one against Boston losing against them in OT, beating the Spurs, beating Milwaukee. I'm feeling pretty good about my pick for six. Yeah, kind of like that. You know, you were saying they'll sneak a couple in there, and I, I was looking back at that too. The, 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 a lot of the games that they won, maybe not a lot, but some of the games they won were very unexpected wins. Um, you know, I was at that Spurs game, uh, and that was one that I certainly didn't expect them to win. Uh, they beat Boston earlier this year when Boston was, you know, playing better than they are now, at least I think. Uh, and they almost beat Boston even earlier in the year when they had that 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and blew it, a game I was also at, which was horribly painful. So, you know, we'll see. I think we're doing a good job, though, living up to the name of a podcast of optimism here with Bill coming in with six, myself with four, and Paul with three. Pulling up the rear. And we'll have to see. We should anybody write this down because we'll uh, see if any of us are actually right about any of this. Maybe they'll just lose the rest of them. Who knows? We don't need to write it down. It's recorded. Yeah, but then okay, you go back and listen to it and write it down. Okay? You know I don't listen to these things. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll make sure and keep track. I, I know you don't, Paul, and well, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, it was confusing. 
<laughs> okay. So any other thoughts on that topic or any other just general predictions or ideas about what the rest of the season might look like? Do you bank it Saturday when do you think at any point they actually do turn it from just okay, we're just losing because we're horrible to okay, we're now gonna actively try to lose and like shut down Booker or shut down Aiden or something like that. Do you think they're actually gonna do that or are they actually gonna play through the play out the season and try because they just they don't need to shut anybody down because they're just they don't need to to get a horrible record. I I, I personally don't think they're gonna shut anybody down. Uh, there's really no point in it. I think it's going to drive. I mean, fans are driven crazy enough this year, the way the team's team has been playing. I think shutting down Booker or Aiton or, you know, any of the other of the young players is going to just kind of make it even that much worse in terms of the public perception of the team. Right. And frankly, you know, if they continue on the trajectory they're on, or even if they improve a little bit, which I think, Technically, all of our predictions would probably be a better winning percentage than they have right now. Um, the only one that might not be is perhaps Paul's, but I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. But, I mean, they're right now sitting pretty, if you will, with the worst record in the NBA. Uh, and the team with the fifth worst record is currently Atlanta, and the Suns are nine games ahead of them, if you will. Um, the team with the fourth worst is Chicago, and the Suns are still four games ahead of them. And the way the NBA draft lottery is now kind of broken up, tanking right. where the Suns are isn't really going to make much of a difference. Even if they don't quote-unquote tank and they somehow manage to find themselves in that fifth spot in the reverse rankings, or reverse standings, which I don't think will happen, uh, it only changes their percentage shot of getting the number one overall pick by three and a half percent it only reduces it by three and a half percent so there's not as much incentive to tank anymore either which obviously is why they redid the draft lottery right and yeah, of course they only have to be in the bottom three to maximize bottom four their dra- the draft lottery is now four. Oh, i thought it was 14 percent for the bottom three and then 12 and a half well, then- yes yeah, but the the actual lottery itself is picking the first four picks. Gotcha. So, gotcha. which means that if the Suns have the worst re- record, they could fall all the way down to fifth. Right. If they like fell out of fell out of the the selections, which yeah, would and- be horrible. <laughs> so, and so with this draft class, yeah. <laughs> Once you get to the fourth and fifth slots. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not so great. Yeah, because like you said, Paul, so if they finish with one of the top or bottom, I guess, three records, they have a 52.1% shot of being top four. Then they have a 14% shot of being number one. And if they slide into that fourth spot, they're at 48.1 and 12.5, and they slide all the way down to five, then suddenly you're 42.1 and 10.5. I think six is really the death nail, but again, hmm, 12 and a half game difference between the Suns and the sixth worst record in the league, so that's that's (laughs) non-issue. Yeah, that's... uh... 
that's I think this I I would say that at this point the Suns definitely have they can't fall out of the bottom four. There's just physically no way. Well, let's go crazy. Where they fall in that? Oh, go ahead, Paul. I'm just saying, if they like, they would have to go on to get, like you said, Atlanta's got eight games on them in the win column. They'd have to, Atlanta would have to lose basically, like, basically everything. And the Suns would actually have to, like, win, go 500 over the back half of it this season. And I just right. can't see that happening. Even right. my optimistic six wins wouldn't help him. No, no. get him there. Yeah. Now, now let's ask this crazy hypothetical. What if the Suns just go on this torrid streak, suddenly start playing really well? Would you be happy that they finished the season strong and showed some promise and improvement? Or would you be pissed that they did so and lost the chance of getting Zion or at least significantly reduced their chance of getting Zion? Paul, what do you think? I think I'd be happy just because the I just with the changes in the odds and whatnot and it being reduced to only 14%, I just the I just don't see the Suns winning particularly when the other teams in that range right now are teams that are arguably much more marquee franchises of the league and not that there's fixing or collusion or whatever, mind you. I just, I can definitely see that Chicago or New York would win, or an, uh, all of karmic retribution would be for Cleveland to somehow get the number one pick again the year <laughs> after LeBron leaves. Uh, I would, I, that would be insane if that happened, but unlike David Stern, I feel like, I feel like Adam Silver's running a tight ship in a, in a cleaner league at least. So I don't trust David Stern as far as I can throw him as everybody knows. Bill, what do you think about that question though? Sun's winning. Sure. Happy. Sun's losing. Or not. Eh, sun's not. Sun's winning happy or sun's winning sad. There we go. Yeah. So I guess from just an outsider's perspective, the Suns playing well would seem like a negative to me and not certainly not going the other way and, and tanking and shutting people down or anything. But the idea of rolling this team back with sixth, seventh or eighth pick and somebody who can't really make that much of a contribution and who knows adding seven, eight wins, maybe 10 wins next year with the, the same group without making a lot of moves. It reduces my optimism, I guess. I got you. And that makes sense. And, you know, from my perspective, I, if they finish strong, if it moves them down a few slots in the, you know, the draft, I, fine. I, I'd, I'd be happy with it because I, I, at this point, and Bill, I see where you're coming from, but Suns fans know we've suffered through eight years of having very little optimism until this past off season, which was one of the biggest off seasons in Suns history. Um, and, and we came we into the season. The bed. Right. Yeah. And we came into the season optimistic, blew out Dallas in the first game and then lost seven in a row. 
Uh, and then it's just kind of been a downhill trend since there. And except for that little streak in the middle of the season where we won those four in a row, that was exciting. Um, but I, I think any sort of positivity, any sort of development, any improvement the team can show is 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 great. Because I still think, notwithstanding the record, I think the pieces are there. It's just a matter of them coming together. And if they start coming together at the end of this season, then then great. But, you know, right. the likelihood of that happening is probably to... quite slim. <laughs> Being able to actually build on something for next season, like rather than coming into like going into the off season, having, you know, just been just being so demoralized, having some type of optimism to, and like potential that like it's actually starting to gel, I think would not that you could, you could replace the idea of like bringing in a guy who's like like Zion who is supposed who is potentially like just a game changer I mean just the idea as you said we have pieces we have good we have potential for those pieces to turn into something and I'm just afraid of if we it would help moving into the next season if we ended on a high note. So then when the guys come in the next year, like, oh, hey, that worked. Let's keep that going. And not leaving it up to ping pong balls and chance. Not yeah. ping pong balls and the front office that doesn't exist doing something positive in free agency. No, I can see or that. Or be a trade. Well, and, and you know, let's, let's talk about that front office that doesn't exist a little bit here because – I know people were upset at the trade deadline when the Suns didn't make any significant move. But hey, I think James... What, what, what do you mean? Tyler Johnson is a significant move. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> we done with that now? Okay. Um, yep. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but, you know, I, I think that James Jones gets a lot of shit, obviously. Um for seemingly his, you know, his, his lack of activity, maybe lack of direction, but, you know, he, he, he brought in Kelly Oubre and everyone would be like, well, if a trade that was going to happen, wasn't going to bring him blah, 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 but he brought him in, um, you know, Jamal Crawford, notwithstanding the fact that he's 38, uh, and perhaps taking time away from some of the younger guys, he's, he's played better than any of the other veterans that the Suns had earlier this year they got rid of. So, you know, right. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> shocking that I'm going to use this word. I'm optimistic about James Jones and and his potential as as the GM, which I think everybody recognizes is going to end up being the case at some point down the line. Well, you talk about lack of activity at the deadline. I I don't see that. I, they called the Lakers to see if they could help facilitate an AD deal and get uh, Lonzo. So I mean that's being proactive. There you go. And and that's one thing that we did haven't spoken about. Or did uh did uh Lonzo just say that's where he wanted to go? I think no. even maybe just Lavar said that. Lavar said that, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and that's something, Paul, you know, we should talk about that because we haven't spoken about Lavar because I think when he was did his little Arizona media blast, um, I don't think we've recorded since then. But I heard him on Doug and Wolf that morning that he was on. And after he was about, on Doug and Wolf? 
Oh yeah. yeah. And he was on, oh, wow. he was on, and he was on Bickley, wasn't he? Or was he on Gambo? I think he m- might've been on Gambo. I'm not sure, but no, I don't think Gambo would let him on. Well, I think Gambo hates him. Well, and I was actually just thinking, I don't know if he would want to go on with Gambo. Um, but the same thing, I don't know that he would want to go on Bickley, but I think maybe it was Bickley. But anyway, I listened to the Doug and Wolf one and it took me about 10 seconds to be like, yeah, I do not want Lonzo ball strictly because of LeVar ball. But then as I thought about it more, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's what the Suns need. You know, maybe they need some loud mouth guy like that because everyone's like, oh, well, he's been quiet in LA. Yeah, it's because LeBron's in LA. He comes to Phoenix. Are you kidding me? And I feel like perhaps we could make a reality show about like about him and Sarver like hanging out on a day-to-day basis. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> well, and get LaMelo on the G League team. Oh yeah, well, well, you obviously didn't well, hear the comments Angelo- because he said because Lavar said, excuse me, yeah, Lavar said that if the Suns got Lonzo, then they just have to sign his other two boys, and then it's guaranteed championship. And I'm like, all right, dude, you're talking about your son who um, uh, couldn't hack it at UCLA, right? Couldn't hack it at UCLA, and is Sticky now fingers. playing in a league that his dad created. And Lamelo, who mm, he he just seems like his dad with a little bit more basketball ability, but I think the ego—and I'm saying this about a high school kid—but the ego seems to get in the way of that ability. The one thing I like about Lonzo is he's the one guy in that family that seems to have a level head. I don't know how that happened. Actually, I think I think Leandro has a level head. He just doesn't have the skill that the other two have. Well, I was thinking since LaMelo, he's, there's no way he's going to be eligible to play in college since he has his own signature shoe. Uh, just throw him on the, the G League team, develop him, bring Lonzo down here, and, and like LeVar said, guaranteed championship. I want nothing to do with <laughs> that at all. Plus, I don't think – I don't really think Lonzo's that good. His game just does not translate to the NBA. I mean, he's good. He's pretty good defensively. But he has not figured out a shot, and we're, we don't really need another guy on the floor who can't shoot. Do you think he would fit well with Devin, though, not needing to shoot and distributing? I mean, potentially, but I just I think there are better options, honestly. Yeah. That don't come with the headache. Like Lonzo is not good enough to warrant accepting his dad. And I, I, I said the same thing during the draft. I was like, I did not want anything to do with Lonzo Ball or his dad. I didn't think he was going to be that good to warrant that headache. And for whatever reason. I, I don't know how much money they paid LeVar to shut up, but clearly once he found out that his kids kid was on the trading block, he's, he considered that deal null and void. And if you think that's not going to continue wherever he goes next, you're, you're insane. And it's just, he's going to kill his son's career. It's absolutely going to continue. And, and I don't think, I think it was, him recognizing that if he wants his kid in LA, he needs to shut his mouth because LeBron will ship him out in a second. 
and the Lakers will right. do it if LeBron says to do it. But anyway, we can we can move off that because I, I don't think Lonzo's ever going to be on this team, nor will his brothers. So <laughs> anyway, so what's up with TJ? Huh? I don't know, man. TJ, although I was looking <laughs> as we were talking and they did say he'd be out two to three weeks and we're right about that three week mark. So it's not really outrageous. No, it's been a little more than three weeks, but anyway, well, go on. Yeah, it's been a little bit more than three weeks and he's not even close. Like he hasn't, he's hasn't even started to do any like actual, like active, like basketball activity. He's taken some like set shots, but that's it. So that means you're probably looking at at least probably another two weeks as it is. It just seems, I don't, it's concerning that it's taking this long, but I mean, I don't know. The Spurs dealt with that whole Kawhi scenario. So, and I don't want to speak to anybody's ability to tolerate pain because Lord knows I don't have the best tolerance of pain myself. So, um, if he just doesn't think he's right, he's not right. And I get, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be with the team long-term anyways, but I feel like his play this year has at least increased his value that he can more easily be included in a future trade. Particularly, primarily based off of his three point shot. It's late. Hey Paul, next time, like, can you, can you like, try to hide the yawns a little bit? <laughs> no wait so did no, and, and, um, oh, I, I just have a question did tj did he uh sprain his ankle to blowing out his shoe no <laughs> no zion does that oh okay well i guess it's knee but still yeah yeah I, I think only zion blows out shoes yeah that's that's something special that is something special but you know to, to your point though too you Paul, know he's though, not signing with nike it, after this <laughs> And and we'll we'll Thanks get we'll talk we'll talk Zion's shoe blowout, Bill. Don't worry, I'm not I'm not glancing over you for no reason, but I want to say this before I forget it. Um, when it comes to TJ, yeah, he's increased his trade value, <clears throat> perceptively at least by developing this three point shot. But here we are again in a situation where he's playing part of a season. I mean, let me let me ask you this: what? Take a guess at the most number of games TJ Warren's played in his career in a season. With TJ? Mm-hmm. Most number of games he's played in a season? 56. You are pessimistic. 66, but still, that's the most. He played 40, 47, 66, 65, and he's played 43 this year. Um. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's a trend and it's one thing or another, obviously he had that weird head injury thing last year, the year before, whenever that was, but he always seems to have some injuries. And, and, you know, when you look at sure, he's increased the trade value by developing that three point shot, but now he's just really proven to be an injury prone kind of guy. So it's probably kind of a net zero gain there ultimately, but you know, we'll see when he comes back because if he just sits for the next 10 games further, then that's even more pro- problematic. But it's disconcerting that he's not even doing basketball activities. That to me is the big thing. And it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago is what happened to the magical Phoenix Suns training staff, right? 
Well, do you guys think? Yeah, they're... it seems to only work on old guys. <laughs> right. Oh, right. well. Do you guys think they're not rushing him back and taking their time as part of a tanking strategy, or just an under the radar type of thing? No, because he would be active. He's mm-hmm. not even doing as well, he's not even doing basketball activities. It'd be one thing if like, okay, yeah, he's starting to do like one-on-ones and like three-on-threes, but it's coming along slowly. He's not even doing that yet. Oh. And it's and it's already oh probably at least over a week past the initial projected uh timetable for him to come back. Yeah, and and to that end too, when he got hurt initially, um, and and looking at it, it's apparently a bone bruise, which is obviously a little bit different than a sprain, but you know, still ankle. Um, Igor said they were basically like shutting him down from all activities. So I think they are – they're definitely bringing him along slowly, which makes sense because there's no need to rush the guy back when you're 11 and 48 and especially in light of his his injury history. But um, yeah, I don't think it's any sort of low-key tanking thing uh, just because it's it, – at the same time, like Paul said, he's probably not a guy that's going to be on the Suns roster long term. And ultimately, if they're going to try to move him at some point, you know, sitting him for no reason or sitting him to try to tank isn't going to help the possibility or the avenues of moving him if they're looking at trying to trade or something like that off season, next season, whatever it might be. Well, and this is his fourth year. So when when is the rookie contract up when they have to sign an extension? Well, he's already signed oh, he an extension. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's in it's his... Great value. Second yeah, year of it, I think, or is this his first? Is this first year of it? Because uh, he's he was drafted the year before Booker, and Booker signed his extension last summer, and it doesn't kick in until this year. So he was in the first year of his four year. Was it fifty or sixty million? I think it, it is a. I'm looking at it right now, and trying to do math. Yeah, I was. 50 million, it might have been more actually. Um, but yeah, so he's got he's got some time left under that contract. And like Paul said, it is a good value. Uh, and absolutely, you know, that makes it easier to move him. But again, at the end of the day, the injury prone nature of it all certainly is, um, uh, you know, disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, let's 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 step on. Yeah, forty or fifty million dollars, Paul. Sorry, that's why I was kind of off in La La Land over here. I was looking that up. Okay. Well, let's move on. Unless you guys have anything else to say on that. Nope. Okay. Nope. Beautiful. Let's move on to questions from Bill. I just named that. I just named this segment, and that's the first time I think I've used the term segment on this podcast in like three years. Yeah. So I don't think look we've at ever that. actually had a segment. Sun set a record tonight and I just set a record or something. I don't know. So Bill Bill came up with this idea. He said, hey, <clears throat> I'm an outsider. <clears throat> he didn't call himself that, but I'm going to call him that. Let me ask you some questions from the outside perspective in terms of what Suns fans think this year about what's going on with their team, what's going on with their roster, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to turn this over to Bill and let him 
look at this. Host host this segment, Bill. Take take it over. Take it over because Paul in three years hasn't gotten to host a segment, so you should feel lucky. <laughs> uh, I do feel privileged. Also, because we don't have segments, like I said. Wanted to host a segment. <laughs> Thanks, boys. I, I do appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so, and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand during our our prep, and I was just looking at the overall roster and, and everything the past couple of days getting prepared for this and just came across a few things that you know, just as someone who doesn't follow the team day to day, like you guys do, I thought were intriguing and questions that would be uh, good to get answers to. And the first thing that I saw is just uh, with coach with Kokoskov, is that, or Igor, Kakoskov? Like think it think you're sneezing. Oh and just start with a K. And there you go. Kakoshkov, bless me. what? Hold on, hold on, hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I have to interject. Sneezing? And start with a K? Yeah. How do you sneeze, Paul? Oshkov? But Oshkov like Without the K, it's as soon as the sun signed him, he started sneezing a different way. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't paid enough attention to Paul. Clearly, okay. Sorry, I just I I I I I had to. Okay, I was just wondering, what are your guys' thoughts on the first season, the first reign of Kakoshkov, and how he's handled the the team minutes for some of the guys some people you may think should be playing more than they actually are that type of thing and uh so since i'm running this segment i will defer to to paul first it's it's been interesting um just because i remember the off season and i remember i mean obviously we had the earl watson situation and that was he Earl Watson is clearly a worse coach than Koshkov, but he has a better record, sadly. Um, I don't know why it's not working for him because in the offseason, there are guys who are much smarter about basketball and pay much more attention to coaching than I do. We're like, he's legit, he's been in the league for a number of years as a lead assistant coach. He knows what he's doing. He, he's He won a uh, world championship or a European championship with um, the Slovenian team. He, so he knows how to coach, but for whatever reason, it has not translated to the Suns at all. I don't know if that, I, and I don't know why. And it's beyond just not translating, it's the team has regressed and it's it's just extremely confusing based on like when Earl Watson was hired, everybody's like, oh yeah, this is a shit hire. We're like, what the hell are we doing? And but there was so much optimism when he came in that he was like actually you know, he was going to be this like new, this like diamond or rough kind of coach. And that hasn't happened. And that's just what's really weird to me. As far as lineups wise, have you seen anything that has been or has stuck out for you as far as what he's done with handling minutes for guys? Um, 
I think he probably he plays uh, Crawford probably more than I would like. I mean, he's got two young point guards in Okobo and Melton, and at the rate we're going, it's like, why are we giving the minutes to Crawford? Might as well see if either one of these guys can become something with consistent minutes because they're not getting consistent minutes. Like one will play for a while and then things aren't going great. He'll switch them out for the other one and it just gets, all gets yanked around. And so that's like the biggest one for me. Um, I was actually kind of surprised by he changed, he changed the starting lineup for the game today. I don't know if you guys noticed this or were aware of this, but um, he brought Kelly Oubre into the starting lineup, which I was happy about because I think he earned it. He deserved it. He's been basically the third best player on the team since he was acquired. But in he pulled Mikhail Bridges out of the starting lineup and left Josh Jackson in, which was a surprise move, surprising to me. I and I think it was surprising to most people because Mikhail has actually been very good. He's been a very good spot up shooter and really good defensively. So that was an interesting move that I just didn't understand. So there's been a lot of interesting things that I don't understand happening mm-hmm. overall. How about you, Justin? <laughs> I like so, – so, Paul, I think, I think your answer was basically it's been kind yeah. of confusing. Yeah. Yeah? Is that fair? Yeah, I'm 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 kind of with you, and and, and underwhelming. I don't get, what, yeah, Clearly. I don't get why it hasn't worked out. Uh, it it very well could be. I think a lot of it goes into the fact that the Suns have not had a point guard for him, right? And you know they've tried they've tried point book, fine, so be it. You don't have much of an option there, but at the end of the day, I we've talked about it this year. We talked about it last year. I don't think that's the best utilization of book. Um, and I think that hurts the team as a whole. And <laughs> I would say he's been underwhelming. I'm not to the point where some fans are where it's kind of like, well, Koshkov's not going to be able to do it. Uh, you know, they didn't get the right guy because like Paul pointed out, he's proven that he can win. He's proven that he knows what he's doing. But it really might just be adjusting to being a head coach in the NBA. Obviously, he's been a head coach elsewhere um you know uh, with with national teams and whatnot but maybe it's just that much of a different beast when you're a head coach in the nba i i obviously do not know i lack such experience (laughs) but we'll see we'll see i think at this point it's kind of like he's there he's not going anywhere i mean they could i think they could lose the rest of the games this season and i think the suns are going to keep him um you have to give him an opportunity to see what he can do especially if they can get somebody this off season to actually run the point uh, right. and, and maybe things will turn around a little bit. And, you know, they're, they're having flashes and he seems to tinker a lot. Like you pointed out, Paul, with this change in the lineup tonight, that is a bit of an odd change. When you pull out Mikhail Bridges and put in Ubre, but you know, you still have Jackson in there. It would seem like, okay, if you're going to have Ubre starting, Jackson would be the one that you would expect to, you know, pull out. And, um, in terms of minutes, rotations, and whatnot, I'm with you in terms in regard to Crawford kind of playing a bit much. I get it that he has performed well. I'm not saying he hasn't played well for what he's expected to bring to the team, but I'd love to see Okobo get more run. 
Uh, and I think that you bring a kid in like that who, as I recall around draft time, uh, a lot of the pundits were saying he would have been drafted higher had teams known he was ready to come over to the NBA. And when I say ready, I mean ready and willing to come over to the NBA. So why not give a kid like that a shot? And maybe it's there's a method to the mayhem. I don't know. But over the last 10 games or so, Kobo was averaging, I want to say, somewhere like 15 minutes. He was playing double-digit minutes and then comes in tonight and plays three minutes. And I'll say candidly, I didn't get to watch the game, so I don't know if he got hurt or anything. Um, but again, there's a lot of confusion, I think. And at the same time, it could be the result of Kokoshkov sitting there going, well, I'm going to keep trying stuff because we're not winning, so I'll keep tinkering, uh, which I guess theoretically makes some level of sense because if something's not working, then try to fix it. But uh, you know, I think we just kind of have to call this year a wash for him. I expect him to get better. I expect him to be around for a bit. And ultimately, I think that's the way it's going to go. So again, confusing, I think, is the right word. Um, puzzling, underwhelming. But that could probably be said about the entire Suns team this year. Right. And I, I think it comes back to something that's just infuriated me about, to be honest, the history of the Suns over this last decade and their lack of of true investment in certain roles within the organization that are essentially are like probably some of the the most crucial roles to having a winning and successful organization, specifically the GM and the coach. Um, Routinely those positions have been filled with first timers. I understand the idea of, you know, hoping to catch a diamond in the rough and you get to like, you know, because they're going to be on a, you know, a first time GM or first time coach contract, you're going to save some money there, but then get the benefit of it, of, of that, where you have like, you know, you get the next, the basketball equivalent of Sean McVay or whatever. But this is, it's literally that definition of insanity of, keep throwing something at the wall or, you know, keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. It's not working. And we're looking at, we're going into another off season where we're probably going to have a first time GM become our permanent GM. And I'm just, it's maddening to me. Yeah. Well, and it does seem like if he's able to, to change some of the lineups and tweak things and, and experiment with things that there is some confidence in him or instilled in him by the front office that this isn't like a one and done deal. So um, see if they, they change things up the, the rest of the way. I kind of wanted to shift gears with uh, my next question, do a little trivia for you guys. I, I told you beforehand and I'm trusting you that you didn't look this up, but I, I noticed something pretty interesting when I was looking at the, the season stats yesterday and uh, w- was wondering if you guys knew who was leading the the Suns in PER for the season? And be interested to see what your your guesses would be. Um, I'm gonna say, and I didn't look it up, and it took a lot of willpower not to. Like I was like, I'm gonna look it up, and I'm not gonna change my answer, but I'm, I really want to know. But I didn't because I want to hear. I want to possibly be surprised here. I'm gonna say DeAndre Ayton. Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. I have no explanation for that. I'm just going to say that. No, it's a good guess. What are your thoughts, Paul? I was actually going to, I was, being that you're asking the question, it's, my guess is it's not somebody who you would expect in that role. So I'm going to say Rashawn Holmes. Oh, interesting guess. Interesting guess. Well, you're actually right, Paul. It is Rashawn Holmes. And to your credit, Justin, DeAndre is, is second. And, um, kind of going off of that I don't know much about Rashawn Holmes but as far as what he's contributing have you guys seen that level of production or at least producing well for the the team this year I, I like Rashawn Holmes he's he's an energy big and which is perfect for what you need in a reserve role he comes in he he plays hard every play he plays within himself he doesn't try to do more than his skill set is it's he's exactly what we expected when they traded for him over the summer and he might have had an even bigger impact if they had chosen to play him over Tyson Chandler earlier in the season Justin any any thoughts I liked when they brought Rashawn in because you know I didn't know much about him but from what I read and from what I saw and just watching um, highlights High energy guy is going to do the job that he's expected to do and, you know, not play outside of himself, like Paul said. And he's doing exactly that. And that makes sense then as to why he is, you know, uh, leading the team in PER. Uh, I think he is a good piece. I think he's a good young piece, especially having him there to, you know, step in uh, when, when Aiton's not playing. And I, I would definitely agree when, when they got him and, Tyson was playing ahead of him. I was kind of like, why, 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 why? Uh, which is another reason why I had no problem when the Suns released Tyson Chandler, even though I still believe, and I think a lot of people do, that it was a little, you know, wink, wink w- with uh, LeBron and James Jones um, so that Tyson could obviously go to LA. But I like Rashawn, and I'm, I, I hope he's, you know, around with the team for, for a little bit and continuing to fill that role. Because I think every team needs that kind of guy coming off the bench. Yeah, totally. A bit of a, a glue guy, jack of all trades. Exactly. Um, real, yeah, real quick before I uh, defer it back to, to you, Justin. Uh, so his PER, Rashawn's, is 21.69. Uh, Tyler Johnson's PER, and this is after three games. I don't know if this is up to date after tonight. Negative 17. <laughs> 2.69. Jesus. So really, really bringing the heat over from the heat to the Valley of the Sun. For so. $21 million. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. Not <laughs> ideal at all. All right. Not great, Bob. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I figured you would throw it out there, Paul. So well done. Working right off of each other. Oh, yeah. And I, I finally, I pulled it up and I'm looking and, yeah, Aiden's only – 0.66 behind him so it's pretty much the mm-hmm. same um and then I'm, I'm now i'm kind of looking at the rest then you got emmanuel terry coming in hot in two games at 20 <laughs> but i think p doesn't per like um favor bigs uh favor bigs yeah that's what i've been told that's what i've been told and i have no reason to dispute that but 
At any rate, so Bill, well done. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much for that, man. Thank you very much for that. And, you know, I, I know I said at the top of the show that we would go through the draft a little bit, but we're running long. It's late. We're tired. I still have to do oh, some work. So Real quick, Justin, oh, I, I yes. didn't get my, my plug-in. My segment was sponsored by – no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Sponsored by nobody. By, <laughs> by cousin Rory McElroy, right? There you go. He um, played well today. <laughs> he, he generally does so all right well 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 guys it has been fun any final thoughts comments insights etc from either one of you paul bill just go for it if you do looking forward to the off season <laughs> is that because you're hoping the suns do something or you just want the season to end oh i figured you were gonna say both what well, you go ahead it's just, it's like any, it's like a school year. It's like, it's over. You can start anew and it can be very different. There's hope, there's optimism, there's however fleeting that may be. It's, hope, it's a hope nice springs feeling. eternal, right? Hey, but there's always optimism here Hope'd on the changing. podcast of optimism, baby. Right? Yeah. What about you, Bill? Yeah, so my dream scenario would be for next year to live in a town with a team that has Zion Williamson and is sponsored by Big Baller Brand because they've traded for Lonzo Ball and Zion's going to be wearing Big Baller Brand shoes that definitely won't blow up. Oh my, dude, if that happens, I don't know what I'll do, but, um, and, and when I say that, like, I don't know if I will like celebrate like a madman or possibly like go crazy just from having so much shit to talk about with LeVar Ball around, but everything but the big baller brand thing. God, Jesus Christ, that, my God, my God, my God. So anyway, man, so, hey, hey, Bill, thank you very much for joining us this week, dude. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I assume Paul enjoyed it. I don't know. He kept yawning. That was weird, but he does that. It's fine. At least he didn't laugh hysterically for five minutes this time. That's always a bonus. So... We'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. And like we always say here, we really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can catch me at So Says Jay, Paul. At Dervish of World. And Bill, who hasn't tweeted in four years. At Bill underscore McElroy. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Kakashka. Oh, Bill <laughs> snuck in and stole it, stopping it. Just